Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Right Side here with Doug Billings. Another real big day for us. I'm happy to have again with us Chad Prather. Chad is, um, if, if nothing, he's an example of me being able to hound someone until they're sick and tired of me and agreeing to be on the program once again. And Chad, thanks, man, for being here. Last time we were together, you suggested we might be able to do this once a month or so. And that, i got to tell you, man, that just meant the world to me for someone sure. uh, like you to to say that and make that offer to me. I, I appreciate it. So welcome well, back, I, Chad. I, I, I still want to do it. Thanks for having me. And it's always good to be on. And uh, Doug, you're, you're good at what you're doing. So I'm, I'm happy to be doing this with you and hanging out and looking forward to seeing you when we have a show in Kansas City here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. That's uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to be able to hang out on the, on the bus, right? Are we going to get that yeah, on? Man. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Super. Bringing the bus. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to do it. I, I've got a comedian friend of mine, Chad Zumach, and, and he would, you should have seen him. He was so excited. He's going to open for me in Kansas City and then also in Omaha. Okay. And uh, on that same route, and he was so excited. He goes, "I've never been on a tour bus. I've never done that. I want. I can't wait." I mean, he was like a little kid at Christmas. Yeah. He, it was so funny when we were doing a show recently, and and I told him, I said, "Yeah, just just come on and ride the bus with us." And oh man, he, he did. You know, it's it's pretty fun stuff. We That's we get awesome, to live a fun man. life. I bet you do. It sounds like a lot of fun. The gypsy lifestyle sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, it I, is. I, yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, you know, gosh, the last time we spoke, we were you had just come back from that. I mean that magnificent, awesome uh, Mount Rushmore Fourth of July celebration with the president, and you know we were all on fire about what we saw there—the the sights, the sounds, and everything. And it seems, on one hand, like that was just a lifetime ago, given what's happened in the country, right? I mean, yeah. we, we've had since then two political conventions, and the the messages and the the imaging between the two couldn't have been more different, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, you got the Democrats who just, I mean their message was so dark uh, that it was just anti-American exceptionalism, not one mention or condemnation of the violence and the anarchy going on in the country and yeah. just no plan, no specific plan meant juxtaposed against the Republicans who, and again, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm on Trump's side. I'm, I'm part of that team, but for me, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be political to notice the difference, you know, the pride in America that the Republicans put forward, the right. inclusion of African-Americans, those speeches that, you know, all of the speeches, you know, just were fantastic, especially the, you know, the common folk speeches and so forth that were given. What, don't you think that was just a drastic yeah. difference between what we saw in those those conventions? Well, if you watch the Democratic National Convention, it looked like a high school kid or a middle schooler got a hold of Final Cut Pro and was <laughs> editing things. It was really a bad look. I mean, everything they did. And I don't understand how a group of people who have the media, have production, have Hollywood on their side can't uh, create better optics than what they do. It's, it's really um, it's interesting to, to see how that played out because it looked so bad. It sounded so bad. It was, as you said, dark. It was so depressing. The RNC, on the other hand, was able to take a virtual event and make something exciting about it. You know, yeah. they were at least had a commonality when it came to the backdrop. And the backdrop was obviously American flags and patriotic. And they did include great speeches, you know, from Vernon Jones to Herschel Walker. Uh, you know, those, that's a broad spectrum of thought. I've known both of those men for a long, long time. Uh, and Vernon being a, a Democratic congressman from Georgia, I knew him back when he was dyed in the wool deep blue and he was still yeah. my friend and a fair, honest thinker. And I was so happy to see that, 
that, you know, the Trump campaign was able to pull voices like that out. You know, what it's gotten into, and I, I recently read a book that's coming out, it's called Outrage, Inc., and I have no, no merit to gain from this. I have nothing to gain. Derek Hunter wrote this book, but he talks about the, um, the business of outrage these days yep. and how it's everything from celebrities to science and, and the mobs in the street and all of these things and how people are making money off of these things. And so when you see the darkness of the DNC and you saw their tonality and the way they conveyed their message, you can see a little bit of how they want to maintain an outrage culture because, because there is something to be said in it. You know, it's kind of like that squeaky wheel getting the grease. Mm -hmm. That's why I keep contending that no matter what happens, Doug, after this election, no matter who wins, this outrage is going to continue. The stuff we're seeing in the streets, it's going to get worse. Uh, the, the complaining about police officers is going to get worse. Uh, this anti-patriotic movement, this anti-American movement that's out there, it's only going to get worse. And we saw that. Uh, our only hope, our only hope in this situation, and Glenn Beck has a, a special coming out about how, you know, how 2020 is, is a make or break year for America as no. we know it. And no. it really is. A lot is riding on this November, November 3rd election. I couldn't agree, you know, more with you. The, I don't even call them Democrats. And for me, it's the new Democratic Socialist Party. They've completely yielded yeah. to the socialism aspect of it. I don't think they're an American political party anymore, Chad. How, how no. can they be? All they want to do is burn gut and disembowel the republic. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's what, literally, they want to burn it down. I, uh, I, I can't imagine um, mainstream yeah. American common folk thinkers uh, yeah. lining up and saying, God, I got to vote for that. You know, that's, well, that's for, my, for people yeah. who, and, and look, you know, we, we saw the, the Freudian faux pas of, of Joe Biden referring to the administration as the Harris Biden administration. Yes. yes. We heard Kamala Harris come out and refer to it as the Harris administration. I don't know what type of Manchurian candidate Kamala Harris is, but I think they knew all along that she was the one that was going to be picked. It's amazing to me, a person that didn't yeah. poll better than 2% during the primaries. And Joe Biden came out right off the bat and said, we're going to pick a person of color that's a female. Yeah. And I think they knew all along. So I don't know what the agenda is, but Joe Biden, I love what Trump said uh, last week or the week before when he said, you know, Biden, he hadn't been alive for five years, you know, I mean, I mean and it's true. The guy is yeah. just so, I mean, it's, yeah. it's one gaffe after another. Yeah. Um, and so I watched this and, you know, they label themselves social justice warriors. And I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this lately, you know, a warrior, you're fighting for something justice. You're fighting for the right things. You want to right wrongs. Uh, but social, it's not social because social means everyone. You want mm -hmm. justice for everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, these folks, they don't want justice for me. They want justice for people of color. So they say they want justice for marginalized people. They want it for minorities. They want it for uh, people uh, who, who have gender, tr whatever confusion or whatever they're trying to figure out. And, and it's really ultimately not about equality, Doug. It's about control. That's what they're after. So if it's, if it's not social for everybody, then it's social for nobody. So at the end of the day, they fundamentally have to tear down all of the framework and take a crayon to the Constitution and scribble all over it and create this whole new entity of the idea of America. And it's scary when you think about the prospects of what could come, because these are anarchists. 
These are people yep. who they don't have a sense of justice. These are anarchists. If they had a sense of justice, you know, you saw the two police officers that were that were shot execution style and an assassination yep. attempt by by the thug, you know, that walked up to the police car. Yep. yep. And and you know, you had then you have NBA celebrities and athletes like LeBron James who come out and perpetuate this type of activity with their rhetoric. So this is anarchy at this point in time. This is a complete teardown of what justice means in America. And if we allow that to continue to grow, we're in trouble. I, I agree. We, we, I, had, I had said long ago before, before, the, um, before Biden was, was chosen as, as the candidate, I said, I, I, I don't think Biden's going to be the guy. And I made a big deal about putting this on my show, saying Biden's not going to be the nominee, mark my words. Then he gets the nomination. I'll, so I was railed upon it. My, some of my buddies, oh, what do you think now, Doug? You, you didn't. I said, I, I think I still hit it. I still don't think he's the nominee. He may be on paper. <laughs> But he's not, he's not, he's not running the show over there. Uh, he's, yeah. he's definitely not. I mean, the guy, he can't do anything without note cards. Even when he's congratulating Kamala, he's got the note cards in front of him for that phone yeah. call. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't. He's a skin mask. He's exactly. a skin mask for the Democratic Party. That's all it is. Uh, uh, he, he's a puppet that's playing a part and, and it's their attempt to get back into power. And once they do that, who in the hell knows what they're going to no do? No hell. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and you mentioned Trump, you said another, you know, I think a clever and funny thing, you know, Biden is shot. He's not there. And you know, who's not shot Z Kim Putin, all these mm-hmm. other global leaders, they're not shot and they're world-class yeah. chess players in Trump's word words. And, and Biden can't, he just, he just can't do it. So it's frightening. What, what is your sense about, you know, as you travel the country, um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that the topic comes up in certain circles when you're out and about, do you get a sense that this is really going to be close? Or, or do you think that, God, I mean, it's going to be so far to Trump or, or, or what? I, I just can't imagine that most of us are, are voting, you know, even if you I don't can't like imagine. Trump. I can't imagine a moderate voter or someone that can think critically or with any complexity or with common sense. I can't think of anyone who would honestly vote for Joe Biden. Uh, I understand that there's a lot of people out there that don't like Donald Trump, his rhetoric and his personality. I get that. They don't understand his sense of humor. But the idea that you would vote for a guy like like Joe Biden who can't form a complete sentence and put the words in the right order – him going in and negotiating, let's say, this peace deal with uh, Bibi Netanyahu and, and the president of, of Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, this peace deal that was just brokered by Donald Trump, it would be absolutely impossible for a guy like Joe Biden to go in and do something like that. I don't, I don't even see him initiating something of that nature. So uh, how close is it going to be? Well, it, it better be a blowout. It better be a Reagan Mondale 1984 blowout landslide or we're in a lot of trouble because Mm -hmm. with the mail-in ballots, uh, this is a a thing that could carry on into 2021, get all the way into a time for, uh, you know, an inauguration of a a sitting president or a new president. And we still don't have that. Now you got Congress voting on who the president's going to be. Uh, we don't want to get to that point. Yeah. We really no, don't want to yeah. get to that point because that's scary. But either way, it's going to create a, you know, it's going to be a contested election. We've, we know that. Yeah, you know, they're already, already lowering up. Yeah, we, we've already set precedent for that. Um, and it's going to be contested on both sides. If Joe Biden wins, the right's going to contest it. And hey, rightly so. 
rightly so. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this. I don't see any Biden boat parades. I don't see Biden truck parades. You know, I was just in, I, I've been in different cities. I've been in 10 states in the last 12 weeks. I was a grand marshal of a boat parade uh, in South Texas. It had a thousand boats in it. And yep. just the, just the, um, just the energy that these folks have yeah. for Donald Trump yeah. to show up and do what they do. Uh, Americans are sick of it. They're tired of it, but equally so on the other side, people, while they're not showing, you know, the same kind of fervor that they showed for someone like Barack Obama, they're still out there and it's yep. scary. They're, and, it's scary. And, and I, and I, I think that, you know, you look, you mentioned the crowd, the Trump rallies that he's having these days again at, you know, at the airport hangars and wherever else he, he's doing, I think, you know, and then you see the 12 people that show up for Biden's who, and Biden doesn't take any questions. There's a, there's a huge yeah. psychological wow factor to that. And yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, to your point, I think that those things are, um, they sway the country. And I think there's a lot of moderate independent voters out there going, uh, I don't like orange man tweets, but this rioting in the street, um, the, you know, the carnage that's going on. No, thanks. Um, well, media- Doug, let me let me to that point. You know, Doug, these anarchists that are out riding in the streets, they're not going to vote. No, they're not. they're not registered to vote. They're not going to do it. They, yeah. they don't, they don't even live in a house. Yeah. They don't, they, right. they, they live in a box somewhere. <laughs> these, a lot, have you seen yeah. some of these folks? Yeah. Uh, they're not voting, but I do yeah. think the scary part is you are going to have a lot of people out there who just choose not to vote. Uh, you know, and, and that's going to be something that we'll see how that plays out, but you're right. I, I, I we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I, 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 I think, a landslide. I, I, I think that you're right. It does need to be a landslide. I tend to think that it will be close to the, I, I, you know, the eternal optimist, but to your point about the voters and so forth, it's, if, if you're inclined to be disenfranchised from this election, you're a Biden fan. You're not a Trump fan. If, right. if anything, Trump has the enthusiasm behind him. And we're at, they're going to march in force to the polls to make sure that their that their vote is cast. Right. right. Um. And 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 going back to the to your comment about the peace treaty, I just want to say one thing about that. You know, the media, it, shameful as they are, they don't give this story the time of day. This is a huge deal. And of course, you hear stories and headlines are well, these countries aren't even at war, so it's not a peace treaty. How dare they call it a peace treaty? You know, I mean, it's to that level of sophomoric, you know, yeah. journalism that they're that they that they. If if Barack Obama into. had brokered this deal, it would be the biggest thing in the history oh. of, uh, you know, it would be the news story of the year. Uh, you know, Democrats used to love the Nobel Peace Prize. Now they hate it. Now they're equating <laughs> Trump yes. to Hitler. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I've, I've, I'm, again, I go back to the outrage. It's, it's, it's outrage Inc. You know, I go, it's, yep. it's a business of outrage yep. and they've made it this thing. So it's, it's, it's amazing how quickly the, um, the, the attitudes and the vocabulary change when it's something mm-hmm. that Trump has done right. Let me, um, let me, as we wrap up here, I know your time is, is precious and you're, you're a busy guy. Let me, with, with, with two remaining parts of one question, let me talk about two states, mm-hmm. California and your state of Texas. Um, in California, obviously a kook governor, Nick Gavin Newsom, who with every kook decision that he makes, with every <laughs> mandate that he makes, in my humble opinion, he, he's nudging that state to the Republican party out outside of LA and Hollywood. And, and as you know, you travel the state, there's lots of Republican districts lots. in California. So I, I think that they just may well go red, 
Um, and then in Texas, you got Governor Abbott, who, although a Republican, um, not making a lot of really wise decisions, in my opinion, about mandates and so forth. I know you're going to be or are a candidate for governor. Where do you see Texas going? Because there's a lot of rumors about Texas going blue. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? And what do you think about California maybe going red? Well, to, I, I agree with the California assessment. I agree with all the assessment there. Um, Texas has gotten a little purple. It's got, it's, 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 it's grown purple. We have the problem children of Dallas, Houston, and Austin. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, Californians in many ways are leaving in droves if they can. The problem is Californians by and large have never really known how to, in, at least in the last 40 years, haven't really known how to vote. Uh, and, and they've done it spinelessly because they, they've succumbed to the bullying of their big cities. And that's what mm-hmm. happened. These big cities bully them and their bureaucracies take over. And, but they're starting to see the, the uh, reaping of what they've sown. So a lot of them are leaving California, going into these states with a historically red leaning, and they don't know how to vote. So they tend to vote without a backbone. They, it yeah. becomes kind of spineless, and that leads to the I'm going to make up a word here, the purpleization of these red states. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing that here in Texas as we've seen a lot of folks move in. But California, I've said it for years, Doug. I've said it for years. After seeing what I've seen in that state, it could very well go red. California yeah. could be a red state again. I mean, they really could. Uh, you get rid of that land of misfits called Los Angeles and Hollywood and San Francisco and, and all of that, it could very well go red again. I've seen it and said it forever. And it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, this year in this election because Gavin Newsom, I mean, here's a guy who says if convicts are willing to help prisoners, felons, if they're willing to help with these wildfires, when they get out, we'll give them jobs as firefighters. That is a monumentally <laughs> bad idea. Yeah. I mean, that is a monument. That, but that's the kind of stuff that he promotes and he pushes, and it's insanity. Yeah, yeah it is. Absolutely. Well, that's what's pushing them towards the red, I think. So yeah. we'll see. How's your campaign? Everything off and running, or is it just in Things the, are going. Yeah, you know, things we got are going. the smears that are out there. <laughs> yeah. We got the yeah. negative press. We got all yeah. kind of crazy yeah. stuff that's yeah. going I never know what the day is going to pop up, but you know, we're just taking it a day at a time. Uh, we're not going to be silenced. I can tell you that I have my convictions and, yep. and, and, and whether all of that stuff turns into, you know, how far that goes down the road where our voice is at least going to be heard. We're part of the conversation. So good. Uh, I, 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 I want to keep Texas great. It's a great state yep. and, I, and I hope we can keep it that way. It is. And I've, I've got lots of experience there down in San Antonio mm-hmm. where my grandparents used to live. It's a great state. I'll log on to watchchad.com. I'll buy a few t-shirts, help the cause. And uh, come on. Man. All right. Hey, Chad, listen, man, I, I appreciate it as always. Thanks for your time today on the program. I really do appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Doug. Thank you. Okay. And uh, next week in, uh, we're uh, the first week in October. I'll see you here in Kansas city. We'll yeah. I, it's, it's like October 2nd and 3rd, I think. Yeah, it is. You got it. That's it. 30th yeah. and 1st. I don't even know. The 2nd and 3rd. 2nd and 3rd of October. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, come okay. on, man. All right. Hey, come ladies out. and gentlemen, this is Doug Billings on the right side. Our guest today, Chad Prather. And we can't thank him enough for taking time out of his day there in his studios in Texas to be with us on the right side with Doug Billings. Everybody have a great day. May God bless you and may he continue to bless the United States. Thank you.